0: Welcome in Wednesday live chat this week's AT&T Pebble Beach program good to be back yeah we didn't have this last week obviously because the tournament started on Wednesday and moving it up to Tuesday was a whole thing with travel so good to be back good to start seeing the comments come in uh, if you have any questions concerns or comments now's your chance throw them in the chat I go in order so you don't have to repeat your questions let's just jump right into this Craig says, hey, Rick, can I get a 1v1 of Mad McNeely and Jordan Speeth. Is there a better spot to play Speeth later in 23? So everything I show you is going to be from my website, RickRungood.com. You should probably just subscribe to it. This is a head-to-head matchup between McNeely and Jordan Speeth. I put in the last 36 rounds, Craig. You might want to use something else. But McNeely wins this pretty frequently. 70% of the time, he's gaining strokes to the field one plus two plus three plus four plus five plus uh more frequently than speed is this is a, a, a clean sweep now you've got to decide uh how you want to un, un- unroll this the, the the way that you've asked this question makes it seem like you're talking about a one and done is there a better spot to play speed because if you play speed for dfs you're like I, I don't know this makes me think it's a one and done thing which which I like using speed after the masters because a lot of people are going to use them here. A lot of people use them at the masters a lot. Like I, I think you're going to get even some elevated events um, in the future in which Jordan Spieth is going to be like unavailable to like 40% of the, of the pool. If that's where you're going with uh, Scott says missed you last week at Circa, but saw the Derek <laughs> was he wearing a crazy suit shoot for five out of six and a six K punt due to a Saturday cut. Yeah. So I think in general for these events that have, um, you know, 54 hole cuts where you're, you're only missing out on one round of fantasy points. I generally tend to take on a little more risk down there at the bottom. And especially an event like three course rotations are perfect for that because it's just volatile in nature anyway. And then you get the guaranteed third round. So yeah, I do take on a little bit more risk thoughts on Justin and Joseph Bramlett also hope to meet you at the waste management. Yep. So, I mean, I'll be there all week. So I imagine, um, if you go to the CBS stage, which is supposed to be by the driving range, I'm sure you'll see me there. We will be doing like uh, hits like every 90 minutes. Um, that's where I'll be. Joseph Bram pretty interesting. So he was the tiniest of gainers with the putter last week, 0.02. That was actually, he actually lost like a stroke and a half putting on Saturday during the final round, still finished T13. He's going to have to be better with his wedges, but he's going to hit a lot of shorter clubs into these greens than a lot of these guys are. I I, I think there's pretty decent vibes for Bramlett right now. He's got two top 15 finishes in his last five starts, gets the putt on POA. I think that's fine. Who was the other one? Justin Sub? You found yourself a couple of Vegas guys. Did you do that intentionally? Um, yeah, this is pretty. This is pretty good. This is fine, right? He hasn't missed a cut since the Shriners, so he's on a pretty good stretch here. Coming off a t twenty at the Farmers, again, he's not. Um, he's not a bad putter. He's a very volatile putter. You get him on Poa, things start falling the right way for him. He's actually quite. If you look at all of these categories, I mean, there's a huge range of outcomes, right? I mean, he could lose a stroke and a half off the tee or gain three. He could lose four or gain two on approach. He could lose three or be a small positive around the green and then the putter. He could be minus two or plus four. So it's kind of a very, it's like volatility on volatility on volatility with this guy, which is um, exciting if that's what you're looking for. Thoughts on Andrew Putnam. I generally don't get Andrew Putnam correct though i think when you start looking at uh his strengths compared to what you would expect to uh come out of success for this week i think he starts to i think he starts to rate out pretty well right he, he drives the ball pretty accurately he never really uh misses a misses a ton of greens when you start looking at his ability to uh roll the rock and, and putt well he's going to do that basically everywhere gain 10 and a half strokes putting at the sony i'm like a six out of 10 on him. Um, I'm not going to bet him. I don't think I have a ton of exposure to him in DFS lineups, but like I, I get it. Nothing. Let's see what his ownership's going to be. He's going to be. Yeah. 14 and percent. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. This is the cheat sheet, by the way. Can you show the <laughs> projected one and done ownership from office football pools? Um, yeah. So this is ac- uh, I don't know the accuracy of this. I mean, I'm sure it's accurate for, just whoever has put the picks in for office football pool, like across the entire site. But I mean, last week I think it showed Max Homa was um, like 4%. He ended up being 15. I don't, I don't think these are the sharpest people in the world who are doing this, but uh, Matt McNeely, 24% Jordan speed, 17 Seamus power, 13 Matt Fitzpatrick, 10 Victor Hovland, 7.9 Tom Hoagie, 7.6. Um, and I guess I've just revealed who I've picked. Although that is not a – that's actually a different – that's a private pool. I, I picked Victor, so I don't remember what I picked in some of the other ones. If you had to choose between Mark Hubbard and Dylan Fratelli, who would it be? Probably Hubbard, right? I mean, I think he's shaking, he's still shaking the, the rust off. Remember, he had that toe – I think he had that surgery on it, toe surgery. Um, the, Dylan Fratelli is more of a known entity. He's going to drive it well, but I'm, I'm not particularly – super interested in that i i want to see if hubbard can get back to i mean he had a really good stretch of golf last year right i mean for like when he was healthy and playing well we saw a lot of good results it started into the new year and then things kind of went sideways and he had to get the surge i think his daughter dropped a like a knife on his toe or something outrageous like that do you think that what would you think the most popular lineup construction will be Will it be 110K, 119K, 1837s? Yeah, the sixes are pretty bad, right? So here's what I think like the most. So it looks like a lot of people are starting with either Victor or Fitz, then getting McNeely, then Stallings and Hardy and Justin Suh, Matthew Neesmith. There's not a single guy in the $6,000 range that projects over two and a half percent right now. So yes, what you described, which is three seven K guys, guys or a lot of a lot of seven K guys, um, with 110, one nine, and 18, that feels about that feels about right. Coming to Vegas for the first time during March Madness, what sports books do I need to check out? Which golf course should I try to play? The only sports book answer you need is circa. Uh, golf courses during March Madness are probably going to be nuts. Um, on the strip, uh, Bally high is very interesting and very unique. Some people love it. Some people hate it off the strip, like red rock Arroyo or bears best. If you're willing to drive, go to Paiute, but that's like 30 minutes from the strip, but it's not bad. Uh, that's, that's a great place. They have three courses there. Uh, yeah, Ben, I have not looked yet. I can look right now though. I did see. So Ben says, can you do a quick prize picks overview? So these, these props like just came out a couple of hours ago. So I saw this as well. The one that, oh boy, let me see if I have this handy. There was one that showed up on run good props. Um, there was a line on Hoagie Let me see if I can still find this. I don't know if it's still out there. There was a hoagie line. I think it was at Caesars. That was minus 150 on his over 69 and a half, I believe, is what it was, um, which jumped out to me. You'll have to, you know, I can do this after the show or you'll have to go check. But there was a hoagie line at Caesars for round one scoring uh, that was minus 150. So that would be one part of the legs that I would go for um the other ones would be these fairways hit so you see they're they're like being very protective right now is is price picks they've only got a handful of fairway props out I think the um the over on Roses fairways is interesting I think Whole club down. I think i will find a lot of uh, like like he is a very thoughtful guy. He's had good success around here. I think he's going to play us a little bit strategically. Those are the two that jumped out, but I have not done a full deep dive. I'll look at it after we get off the show. Um, if you want to use the code Rick over at price Picks, it'll get you a deposit match. Go, somebody, go find me that Caesars line on Tom Hoagie. We'll figure out what it is. Uh, can you do a deep dive on Nick Hardy? He was a breakout candidate in the top left quadrant. Yeah, there you go. That's. <laughs> That's all we need to know. Yeah, he's a very good approach player. So I do worry about what, what his upside is, right? So you can see he is an elite iron player, um, or at least statistically has been this season. Plus three and a half, plus seven, plus two, plus one, plus five, plus three. Boom. It's awesome. Still can't break through. Well, I guess that's not true. He had a T5 to Sanderson Farms. He had a couple of top 25 finishes, but like I would I you'd think that these approach numbers would provide some better results, but the short game is horrible. The short game is really, really bad. Now, um, you could look at this a couple of ways. You can say these are really tiny greens and a guy who gains a ton of strokes on approach, if he hits these greens more frequently than everybody else, he's not going to have to lose three strokes around the green. Or you could say, well, if everybody's missing them, it's a short game contest. Uh, I think it's more the former and he's going to need to not lose two strokes. So I think it's a good, not great, option to roll out nick hardy i just think he's going to have to figure out something in the short game the rest of it's splendid um hey rick do you compare prior custom model projections to final results last week's custom model from your dfs oh from your dfs preview vid didn't have homa near the top would this be valuable information yeah yeah, so I back I back test a lot, and I go back and look at the results. I do not remember what I did on the DFS preview. That is generally like the first look model that I run. Um, I probably ran a bunch more in the days after that. I I definitely grew on him. I mean, I played him in all six of my one and dones, which is something that I rarely do. That would have been someone that, as as the week went on, I I definitely warmed on it. I don't know if it was just natural or if I ride more models, but yes, no, it is very valuable to go back and look at at least your final model and see what you put in more. So like what you put in than what it spit out, right? Because what you, what it spits out is just based on what you put in. So what you like was, was what I put in valuable or was that not valuable? Um, any low three K guys, that have grown on you. Okay. Or low, low seven K guys. Sorry. I misread that. I think, um, you know, I don't love the Streelman stuff. I, I must admit, but this is a, such a unique event and to have a course history like he has or a tournament history like he has is pretty remarkable. So I don't mind that. I don't mind what Harry Higgs has been up to at $7,100. How much is... Where's um Higo? Okay. I talked about this a little bit, I think, on the Monday show. Higo looks a lot better, and he's no longer with Claude Harmon. And I think that that is freeing him up. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I mean, I think he's very happy to not be with Claude anymore. And he's got a T11, T53. He's gauge strokes in the two ball striking categories. He's still not a very good putter. Um, I I I think Higo has flashed enough upside globally that we should be pretty interested in this. What is the one thing you have uncovered about season long fantasy that needs to be revisited for next year? What needs to be improved? I have a lot of things. Um, I think we knew year one, there was going to be a lot of things that needs to be. First of all, we need a better platform. Um, I mean, shout out to Fantrax for having what is still the best option available, but it's horrible. It's horrible. And I think that there's um, there's two things that I'd be interested in changing specifically. One, I'd like to look at the schedule and I'd probably like to create my own schedule that is not every single event. I would want to do like the elevated events plus um, a couple more. I want like 22 events or something like that instead of 34 or whatever it is. And I think that will make the drafts where the top players are more valuable, right? Like Rory what, Rory still hasn't played, right? And if you drafted Rory number one overall, you're like, well, what the hell? Um, I I think looking at the schedule and tightening it up a little bit would be smart. The other thing that I would consider, we've got to figure out a better way to not have just the number of guys that make the cut win, right? So like, so like if I have six out of six and you have four out of six, like I'm just going to beat you like almost every single time. So I've got some ideas for that. We'll see how it goes. Is there anyone in the seventy three hundred to seventy six hundred dollars range that you're fading, basically on on ownership, or are you just playing your guys since there are so many in the nine to twelve percent range? So seventy three to seventy six. I don't see any major problems. I mean, if I was to fade any of them, um, as much as I hate to say it, like Matthew Nismith should not be the most owned guy in this range. I know he's got two back to back top sixteens, but they were two years and three years ago, and he's missed three straight cuts, right? So, like, if I was going to fade a guy, it would be him there at 12%, but I'm, I'm not – I don't think I don't think it's crazy. Join the bro throw community. Looking forward to it. Let's go, Lonto. There you go. Thoughts on Eric Cole. I think Eric Cole is a little bit fool's gold right now. Or I'm sorry. Am I thinking of Eric Barnes or am I thinking of Eric Cole? I think I'm thinking of Eric Barnes. Eric Barnes is the one who gained like six strokes putting on Sunday alone. Are you thinking of Eric Barnes or are you thinking of Eric Cole? Uh, I've got Eric Cole's stuff up right now. So he is um, really bad off the tee. Solid enough on approach. Can putt okay. I doubt he has a ton of upside, but you might not need it. Um, I will not play Eric Cole. I don't think this is all that interesting, but I think if you were super desperate and needed a guy to make the cut, I think he can make you a cut, but I think he lacks a lot of upside there. (laughs) Says, Rick, how crazy is the card looking this week? It's not that crazy. Any long shots you're interested in? Yeah, this is pretty, I didn't really do anything too crazy this week. I have, um, let's see here. So I bet Victor, which I always do, and I don't generally count that. So I have Hoagie in power, twenty two and twenty and twenty. I have Robbie Shelton at eighty five, and I've Garrett Higgo at one twenty. Those are like the four very small, very small card for me. Um, I don't know. I just didn't like a lot of the numbers, but I, if I was building it bigger, I probably would just go with with longer shots and start getting a bunch of guys, hundred to one and and longer. Yeah, I actually got concerned about this too, Simon. So uh, Webb Simpson showed up in like all of my models as well, which is a little bit scary. And let's do a deeper dive. I mean, I know why he's showing up. He's showing up because this is a course that doesn't require um, doesn't require distance. He's got a a great pedigree. He is someone that should fit very well for this golf course. But we are pretty far removed from anything of substance from. Webb, his last top 10, which, you know, it's kind of arbitrary was the 2021 Wyndham that's over a year ago. He had a T 14 at the 2021 CJ cup, which was 14 months ago. So we are pretty far removed from, I think what we think web is, which is unfortunate, but I agree. It's depending on what you put in. He also, he also showed up well for me as, or showed up for me as well. I will probably do stars and scrubs this week, Jay, which is the question because of the guaranteed third rounds, but, uh, that's just me. Here's the deep dive on Bo Bo. I, I think is getting a little bit of run because he finished third here last year. The The results recently have, have, have not been as good. Um, you know, he, he used to be, or I guess he still is like sneaky long off the tee, but he still loses strokes off the tee, which is a little bit concerning. And the approach play has not been as sharp. Um, do we have enough stats for him on these little buckets? Yeah, we do. He is okay from 70. Oh, no, he's great from 75 to 100. He's not very good from like 50 to 125. So that's probably just lack of sample size there. Let's actually go back to last year and see. Yeah. He's generally not a super strong wedge player. 184th from 50 to 125 yards in a much larger sample size. So that one for this year is probably just a couple, uh, just a handful of shots. So as much as I, as I love Bo, this, this does not feel great. Um, lost two strokes putting in his, or in his, in each of his last two. It, 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 I don't, I don't love that. Um, Chris says, um, Oh, Sam Stevens is a cut maker, right? Sorry. Let me get to, let me get to this one first. Cause I watched Sam a little bit uh, last week and I was, I was pretty impressed by it. Uh, Oh no, he is not a cut maker. Why did I think he made all these cuts he finished T13 last week, but it was on the back of probably yes, definitely the best putting week of his career. Unlikely to see that again, he's missed the cut in four out of seven, a 67th at the American express. Now this is pretty, I think it's time to sell hot. Uh, hey, Rick, can you give me two golfers that you think are a must have in your lineups. Okay. Well, let me pull up the cheat sheet real quick. So when I do this, I kind of think, you know, all things considered, right? Whether it's pricing or whether it is um ownership or obviously based on their play. If Ben Griffin is actually going to be 9% owned, which is what we have him projected at right now, that's pretty good. Right. This is probably one of the weakest fields he's going to be in. He's played well, he's ball striking it. At eighty six hundred bucks, that's that's fine. I also kind of think. <laughs> I know it's kind of dirty to pay Tom pay for ten thousand dollars for Tom Hoagie, but Tom Hoagie is half the ownership of Victor Hovland, half the ownership of Matt Fitzpatrick. Tom Hoagie is better now than he was last year. Nothing has changed on why he was such a good fit for Pebble last year, and all of that still exists it's kind of crazy to me that he's getting half the looks. Um, I don't know the answer to this Cole It says, can Kevin, you find a hot putter? I, I, I mean, that's, that's the question, right? And if I knew the, if I knew the answer to that, I would have an Island somewhere, right? I mean, we saw him put well at the Sony. That's really it. You know, he lost four and a half strokes putting in three measured rounds at on, on, Tori Poa last week um you know he he loses six strokes on on uh on the west Coast greens that in Napa like that's that's a little bit scary I just I don't know if he puts well he's gonna have a great week I, I don't know if there's any evidence that he's actually going to be able to do that okay yeah I want I will run a new model here uh I don't really remember what I ran. Earlier in the week, so this is the custom model RickRunGood.com. I think I remember saying I wanted to get course history in there a little bit more. So let me let me do that. Let me just throw—I don't want to put too much on it. Cause let me just throw ten on Pebble, and then let me just do some type of weighted like um, last twelve off the tee for ten. I want a little bit more on. Uh, like stroke scan approach last 36. Let me put 20 there. Let me do putting on POA, which I do think is going to be important. But now that I have the pebble stuff, I don't want to put too much on it. So I'll put 10 on POA. Let me do. Um, I do probably want to do a little bit around the green just because these are small greens and there's kind of a second path to getting there. So let me do around the green for 15 over the last 50 rounds And for guys who don't have the, like the POA numbers, which not a lot of guys, you know, some guys don't have a lot of POA numbers. I'm just going to put a little bit more on strokes game putting in the last 24. This is a pretty freaky one. I'm kind of just doing it off the top of my head here. I've got 25 left. Let's go to the scoring categories. Let's do, um, let's do 10 on implied win let's do 15 on implied win and 10 on birdie or better all right my number one golfer is jordan spieth justin rose matt kuchar victor hop there's Webb simpson again right like we keep we keep seeing that ben griffin sixth matt fitzpatrick seven luke donald makes sense eight david lipsky nine. Oh, you know what i didn't do Let me take the 10 off birdie. This probably won't matter that much. Let me take the 10 off birdie or better and put the 10 on 100 to 125 yards. This probably doesn't change a whole lot. Webb Simpson actually gets a little bit more of a bump. Kuchar comes into play. Lipsky stays there. Fitz drops a little bit. Putnam comes up into the top 10, I believe. So yeah, there's a lot of ways to, when you have a three course rotation, there's a lot of ways to build. Please, please talk me out of uh, playing Jimmy Walker. It's Jimmy Walker. Like, what are we doing, right? Because he played, he played, he played. All right, last week, right? T forty four, or I am sorry, T thirteen. I mean, like, what? Like, I, I know, like, he's gonna burn us, right? But this is one, two, three, four, five straight missed cuts, and then he gains four and a half strokes around the green and finishes T thirteen. Gains eight strokes in the short game. It's not gonna happen again. You, you. I do not believe you should be playing Jimmy Walker. Um, <laughs> a sung you'll know deep dive. That's interesting. Let's see what we've got. I generally don't know. Yeah, this isn't great. This isn't great, right? I mean, the best finishes are ones where he puts out of his mind. He doesn't do that very frequently. And even if he does, it's not a lock that he's going to finish well. Right here, Here's a week where he gained eight strokes in the short game, finished T-35, gained five, 43rd. Uh, I mean, last week, gained four and a half, gained 5.5 putting, T-44. So that's a really, really narrow path to success. Really narrow path. I've, I've covered a couple of these guys already, so I'm going to try to just get more names in the mix here. So here's Goya, Tano Goya, who... Uh has made the cut in two straight. He is very reliant on being like a zero off the tee and having a good short game, which is a little bit concerning. This is not a stat profile that I particularly like to invest in. And his best result ever on the PGA Tour is a T26. And even his corn fairy stuff is not particularly dazzling. So probably pass here. I actually probably do prefer Marcel Seam, who... I mean, look at the numbers. I mean, this is, I mean, uh, you can debate the Corn Ferry Tour versus the DP World Tour. He has three top 20s in his last four, including a T5 at the South African Open. Look at his ball striking numbers from the European Tour, which yes, are available on rickrengood.com. He's a great ball striker. Horrible putter. Great ball striker. This This is a stat profile I'd much prefer to invest in. Favorite pick of the 10K guys. So that's, Hoagie, Fitzpatrick, Hovland, Speith. Um, just straight up not thinking about anything. It's probably Fitzpatrick, Hovland, Speeth, Hoagie. Looking at ownership and everything else and price, it's probably uh it's probably Spieth, Hoagie. Fitzpatrick Hovland. I think is about right. I can't believe 30, 30 and 28% ownership for Fitz and Vic stinks. Can you please rate these vegetables in order, order of tastiness? Yam. Oh, this is, this is an overseas word. Aubergine. We call that something different here. I think is that an eggplant. It's something I'm pretty sure that's something different here. Sprouts. I've never had any of these uh i'm interested in your site can you explain show the who's hot you showed earlier this week is it 36 weeks versus 24 oh okay yeah so you're talking about this this is the trends tool uh, it, so it looks at everybody's 100 round baseline and then you choose, you choose the time that you want to look at and it compares to everybody to their, their hundred round baseline. So the way to read this is, uh, over the last 24 rounds, Gary Kago is basically a stroke better per round than his own 100 round baseline. Uh, and he's doing it in very good ways. T to green, not that much better in the short game categories. I'm telling you Higos like, <laughs> am, do I, do I think Higo's live to win this week? Kind of. I mean, I bet him at 120 to one. So I think he's at least going to win this one and a half percent of the time. Something like that. (laughs) Jay-Z's back. Hoves back in the game. Tell me whether you think Damon or Kucher are better for one and done this week. I'm Rick run good for life suckers. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate you. I think, I think it's actually Kucher, and I'm not a Kucher guy. So that, that probably means a lot. Um, Scott Stallings in one and done you, I think you are scraping the bottom of the barrel. You don't need. So the good thing is this, it's a top heavy board, three guys, speeth. You have to decide, do I want to play Speth Victor or Fitzpatrick? If I do not, if I do not want to play them, you probably don't have to go any further than Seamus Power or Tom Hoagie, right? If you want to get a little bit freaky, I think you could go to, I mean, McNeely, but he's going to be super popular. If you want to get a little bit freaky, Kucher, McCarthy, Mitchell. I think if you're going to Scott Soggs, you're too far down the list. Odds you'll be at the Travelers, v- pretty unlikely. Um, obviously, Phoenix, Riv, Memphis, I think. Hoping the Majors, maybe the Ryder Cup. Fingers crossed on that one. Looking at one and done last week. I used McNeely. Who would you play between Hoagie Putnam, Mitchell McCarthy? I would play Hoagie. Um, how did Sam Ryder? I'd have to go back and look. How did Sam Ryder project in your final custom model? I'd have to go back and look. If you were hypothetically in first place in the season long run and done, who would you pick asking for a friend? If I was in, I, I would probably, um, take Victor. Yeah, I think I think I like the idea of hanging on to Spieth just, just through the Masters. I like the idea of holding Fitzpatrick for a while. When you get to a major, are you going to play Victor? When you get to an elevated event, are you going to play Victor? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. They're going to be super stacked. We don't know how they're going to be this year. But are you going to get a situation where he's like 11 to 1, 10 to 1? Probably not. I think you play Victor here. Strokes gain putting is the most volatile of strokes gain statistics. Are there underlying issues with the statistic? And should we be looking at putting some different way? There are underlying issues with every stat across all sports. So don't get me wrong. Strokes gain putting, strokes gain in general, is a very, very good system. A system that is much better than what we used to have. Fairways and greens and number of putts. But of course there are flaws. Flaws with strokes game putting are that every eight footer is treated exactly the same. You know, we don't know if it's early in the morning, uphill eight footer on, on Bermuda, or if it is a late afternoon, downhill, double breaking eight footer on Poe, right? Like it doesn't know the difference. The, but over time, all of that stuff equals out for everybody, Right. When you start looking at smaller sample size, yes, it can be very, very noisy. The other problem is, and this is a problem for all the strokes gain stats, is we don't know the golfer's intent. If a golfer has an eight foot putt and they hit their line perfectly with the perfect pace, exactly how they were trying to do it, and they miss that putt, they are knocked on it. They are it's a negative or right. Or you get hurt on that in your stats, but he did exactly what he wanted. It's why Matt Fitzpatrick keeps his own stats and he, and he marks it, what his target was or what his intent was. So yes, there, no, I think once you start getting past sample size issues, it is way better than a lot of other things, but there are issues with every single stat. Do you include randomness when you run a custom model on your site? Yes. I'm not naive enough to think, uh, let me get myself out of the way. Cause you can do randomness down here in the bottom left-hand corner that like every, like that I've chosen the perfect key stats and that I'm the smartest guy in the world. I would, I would prefer to say like, yeah, like have a little randomness to it. Right. That, that introduces a lot of things that I'm not thinking about on my own echo chamber. So yes, I absolutely include Randomness. Ten. A randomness of ten would be ten percent in either direction. So if the value is a hundred, it'll put it somewhere between ninety and one ten every single time it, it it runs a lineup. So it gives you a little bit of randomness. Um, so this is uh, actually Hoagie is the pivot, right? So, so we were kind of looking at this earlier Hoagie coming in at about 15% projected ownership, which is the lowest of anybody in the 10 K range. So he is actually the pivot. Hey, Rick, how transferable is this data to other sites? Well, um, for the most part, very right. I mean, if you're just looking at a golfer profile, like the stats and how good a golfer is does not change right? That, that is all like PGA tour stats or European tour stats. Like that is all there. Obviously the scoring is a little bit different, but for the most part, every site is going to reward birdies more than they are um, a par and a bogey or excuse me, a birdie and a bogey more than they are going to reward two pars, right? Like that's generally pretty standard. And then the pricing will be a little bit different, but the, like, so like 95% of the site is fine for every single, every single site. Austin Cook is popping for me. Oh, boy. Any reason why that might be? Great question. I don't know. Um, I assume you made a model. Well, I mean, his approach play recently has been fine. I assume you made a model that, I mean, this actually isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. He's got a couple of, like, T27s. The approach play's fine. Let's look at his season stuff. He's more accurate than most. I mean, yeah, if you go like accuracy over distance and second shot and a little bit of putting, yeah, I mean, I, I could see this. I want to see, I haven't shown this yet uh, on the show, which is... Let me see if we can find, like, what's Austin, Austin Cook's um, strokes gain distribution? Yeah, this actually isn't bad. You know, he gains to the field 55% of the time, but he gains one or more 38% of the time. He gains five uh, five or more 5% of the time, which is a lot more than probably some of these other guys in the $6,000 range. You can see, um, like, Augusto Nunez, you know, has, has yet, or at least in his last 36, has not gained five strokes in a single round. Austin Cook's done it. Uh, That's actually not too bad. Yeah, that's, that's that's not horrible. How would you play the showdown slate? I would use this. This to me is like my favorite showdown tool because what do you need in showdown? You need high upside. You need volatility. You need someone to go gain five, six, or seven strokes to the field. And this shows you how often a golfer does that. This is basically a ceiling tool. I call this strokes gain distribution. I could call it ceiling and floor. So Will Gordon, who... Only gains strokes 58% of the time, but gains four or more at 19%, the highest rate, and five or more at 11%, the second highest rate. That's really good. Andrew Putnam kind of has both going in his last 36, high ceiling, high floor. Um, But you'll see the low floor guys can also be the high ceiling guys. Higo, Higgs, Kisner. Right? Volatility, that's what you want. Go get them. Do you think there's not enough emphasis placed purely on DK scoring? Yes, I agree with that statement. Um, a lot of times when I do the model, I'll just do like fantasy points or fantasy points gained, and I'll you'll I'll I'll say out loud, like we're playing a fantasy point game. I say that a lot. I've answered somebody, so I am gonna skip some of these questions here. Um I don't think you need Denny's fine. Denny's like the third tier of one and done guys, I would take, right? I think it's fine. It's this says I think he's decent on Poe. Yeah, I mean he's just he's just the best putter in the world, maybe. Second, maybe he's the second best now. Hey, Rick, what deep sleep sleeper is the best bet just to make the cut? Um, well, I went with Higo, but if we want to look at this like statistically, so so what are we calling a deep sleeper? Let's find, let's do this. Let's say to make the cut, you're gonna have to gain you're gonna have to gain strokes on the field uh each day. So let's find like a six thousand the first six thousand dollar golfer with the highest rate of gaining strokes to the field. Cam Percy is the answer. Over the last 36 rounds, he gained strokes to the field 63% of the time. That is the best rate of anybody in the 6K range. Paul Haley, Dose, the second, would be next. Doc Redman actually back up here. Henrik Norlander, Ryan Armour. Those would be the top five. Um, if you want to go a little bit like, hey, I, I need, I don't want to cut it that close. Let's go for somebody who gains one or more strokes per round. The first 6K guy that we see, Paul Haley, then Ben Martin. Ben Martin doesn't have much upside, but that's that's not what you're asking me. And then Cam Percy again. Um I've talked a lot. I've talked about some of these. Uh this says Harry Higgs has been playing better recently. That is true. Any concerns with this week from with the unusual format? So this is, I mean, I like to quantify things, but if you'd allow me to, to not. um, Whoops, that's the wrong Harry. I think Harry Higgs might be okay at this at this type of stuff, right? He's a very personable guy. You throw a couple of amateurs in there with him, he probably doesn't care. I mean, he, the other pro-am that we just had, he finished T18. So I, I don't think format is an issue, and I agree that he is playing better. It's not great. It's better. If you were running a model for one and done, it's a good idea. How much weight would you put on implied win percentage? A lot, a lot. Like how often are they going to win? I mean, to in one and done, you want to pile wins. So yeah, like a lot. Um, that's why I think, you know, if you, if you are in a position to use one of the big three, I think it's fine. Uh, if you don't want to use the big three, which I understand, go get somebody with the high, that that was kind of the argument for Max Homa last week, right? It was like, he wasn't really being treated as one of the big guys, but Max Homa has legitimate win equity. You know, I think someone who like, when you look at it and, and, Mav McNeely's McNeely is the same price or let me see if I can find a good example. Like, um, I don't know. I don't have a good example this week, but like when McNeely is the same price as Max Homa, which probably not the case, but like people are treating them the same way in one and done. Max Home has legitimate win upside. Hideki was a great one and done option last week because Hideki can actually win. When things, you know, when things goes away, he can actually win. So I use it a lot. Suck between Malnati, Norlander, Endicott for my last DK spot. I think it's probably Norlander. Thoughts on Alex Smalley. I haven't looked at, or I haven't done a deep dive on Smalley on the show in a while, but we can look at it together. I'm way behind on questions, but I'll answer as many as I, I mean, well, I can stay a little bit longer. This is really good stuff. I mean, look at the approach play. That's five straight wins. Uh, three of them have been with multiple strokes. Really great week at the American Express. Solid enough putter. Good. This is a very good stat profile. It's a very good stat profile. I like this a lot, just in general. like you know, This is someone who's probably going to earn a lot of money, a lot of points. He's probably going to pop here and there. This is a pretty good stat profile for Smalling. Is there any correlation between green size and proximity to the hole? I would have to look into that. I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. Unless you're just asking my opinion, in which I would say, uh, I think, the, I think the answer you're looking for is like guys that hit it closer to the hole do better on small greens. This is what I assume you're going for. Some similar names, so I'm going to keep going here. Um, I think I have this right small greens. Hey Rick, which golfers gain the most on small greens? Okay. So if you go to the Holy grail, you can run this, right. We can do like the last four years. So I could like, I could set this to like 3,500 square feet on average, but I think that's only going to give us a couple of options. So I'm just going to say like 4,200, I think the average on tours, like 5,000 square feet. Um, so I'm gonna say 4,200. If you want to just say anything below 5,000, you can go do that. Go to rickrunga.com and do it. So the best players on quote, small greens, 26 rounds, Seamus power. You know what? Seamus power also shows up on short golf courses. Um, Marcel Seam is next, but he only has four rounds. Matt McNeely, Thomas Dietrich, Alex Smalley, Jordan Smith, Matt Fitzpatrick, Brandon Wu, Zach Blair, Lonto Griffin, Victor Hovland. So I like this because um, you can see there's kind of like when you have small greens, there's kind of a couple ways to get it done. We talk about this a lot at us opens. We talk about it a lot. Um, not because of small greens, but at, at, at as well, you can either be great on your second shot or you can have a great short game, which is why when Speeth is going really, really well on approach, he's super dangerous at like us opens. Cause he can either just dart it or get up and down from anywhere. And he's got both paths to success. He's not hitting it that well right now though. You're three for three on matchup calls. Am I? I should start betting these Seamus. Oh, these are the two guys I like a lot though. Um, I actually did. I don't, I never do this cause it's such a sucker move, but I was like kind of bored and I was like, Oh, let me just like, let me just parlay something. And I parlayed. Th- these are the matchups that I parlayed together. And I, I just was just bored. I took Hoagie over Stallings, Hoagie minus minus one thirty-five over Scott Stallings. And Thomas Dietrich minus one fifteen over Taylor Pendrith. I um, I parlayed them together to get uh, what would that be like plus one eight plus two hundred. Why can't I do the math on that? But those are the, those are the two that I that I looked at. Instead of stars and scrubs, would you consider studs and duds? Hmm. No. Maybe. I don't know. Studs and duds. Doesn't sound as cool. Stars and scrubs is okay. Star. What about stars and duds? What about stars and I mean I'm open to suggestions, but I'm not sure about that one. I think so. Jeffrey says, who do you prefer on this course? Power or Hoagie? I have them like locked in a mortal tie, right? I think they're, I mean, you look at their implied odds, they're both great. You look at um, short golf courses and small greens. I just showed you Seamus Power's name popped up, but oh, Tom Hoagie won here. Tom Hoagie is a great wedge player, so I, I really like them both. I, I would prefer not to answer this. Um, if you really made me pick, I guess the guy who won the golf tournament last year, but I don't like it. I don't like that. Oh, Brett saw something that for the last 20 years, every winner here has had a T16 or better in one of their previous three finishes. Useless info question mark. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Like once a month, I do the trends rant. I'll do it now and I'll try to make it quick. This is useless information until someone goes and runs that exact scenario for every other event and every other golf course. And then says, wow, that is way higher here than other places. Also, it's so arbitrary right t16 in one of their previous three finishes why is it not t14 in one of their last two or in their la- it's just because that doesn't fit as well it's not as sexy when you can't say every winner in the field so unless unless these trends are being run at every single golf course to compare and every single event i will refuse to take them seriously and i'm sorry about that Hey, Rick, loving the new changes to the site and looking forward to what's next. Yes, thank you. Um, Yes, I will do a deep dive on Taylor Moore because I actually think he played pretty well last week. I think he had a top 15 and I think he struck it well. Let's see. Yeah, T11, three three strokes in the ball striking categories over three measured rounds, zero around the green, zero putter. You know we were excited about Taylor Moore last year. He kind of just went through this little, little bad run of three missed cuts in a row outside of that. The season has been pretty fine. And I think most people like his talent. I'm happy to go back to him. Happy to go back to him. Giddy up. What type of microphone and ear pieces are you using? Looking for a better setup. This is a road, uh, pod mic, which is, I think they're only a hundred bucks now and are fabulous. You know I used to have like the podcaster, which was like the bigger one um, this does a great job. It's very small, very simple, and it's pretty cheap all things considered the uh the the headphones that I use are actually in ear monitors. so if you go on Amazon and look up ear in mon- uh, in ear monitors, I like to hear myself. And especially when I do like um, live stuff on networks, I want I need to be able to hear myself. So those allow me to hear myself because I plug them both into the same mixer. If I can't hear, I, I I just need to hear what it sounds like in here, and then I can also hear anything that's playing in it. So um, go check those out. Can we see plus opportunities gained for this field? Sure. So go to power rankings. Go to fantasy. Go to plus opportunities gained last thirty six rounds. Nick Hardy, no surprise, seventy um, seven hundred bucks. He's gaining one plus opportunity. That is that means whatever the average number of birdie looks, whether he makes the putt or not, ten feet and closer, he's getting one more than the field every single round. That's it's a pretty it's a pretty big number. Davis Riley. Is next, Jonathan Bird, Tyson Alexander, Tom Hoagie, Grayson Murray, believe it or not, Roy Sabatini, Carl Yuan, Scott Harrington, Jordan Speith. Now, whether they make the putt or not, right? Because, like, Benny on's on that list, too. He's next on that list, and it's like he just doesn't, he just doesn't make enough of them. Putnam and Mitchell or McNeely and McCarthy? Putnam and Mitchell? Uh, McNeely and McCarthy. Tom Hoagie or Matt McNeely for one and done? I'm solo second right now, and I can eat chalk. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting, if you're if you're willing to eat the chalk, then just play McNeely. That's fine. Have you ever actually, have you actually never eaten a yam? Is that uncommon? I've never eaten a yam or any of those other things that, oh, sorry, I'm getting more information. Mina just sent me a Slack and she said, that's a sweet potato. Yes, you have. Oh, I didn't know a yam was a sweet potato. So if we're talking about sweet potatoes, then yes. If a yam is something different, then no. Uh, Hey Rick, uh, here every week because you're the best in the biz. Thank you. Can you do a deep dive on David Lipsky? Looks good in my model. Yeah. Okay. So he, he went through that stretch too, where it was like a lot of struggles, but, um, talented corn fairy came come, coming up from the corn ferry. and let's see what he's done recently. Yeah, it's fine. What's wrong with this? He WDs the RSM and he missed the cut, at the American express, but otherwise T4 at Sony T22 in Houston, T10 at Mayakoba, couple of made cuts before that. This is fine. It's going to be a very weak field. He's going to be licking his chops. Yeah, this is okay. Don't worry. Don't worry too much. Um, Hey, Rick, I've seen the opportunities gain metric used a lot when I'm doing my weekly research. How would you quantify that on your site's model? Uh, The next version of the model. uh, So I, I have a lot of more stats that are going to be added to it. Opportunities and plus opportunities will be there, plus like a lot of other stuff. So, give me like hopefully like two weeks. It's been, you know, there's a lot that goes into that model, but I'll get it up to you. Answer these, answer these, answer these. Um, <laughs> I love the people that like and DL. I, I, I hope you, you know, I. I say this lovingly, the people who know the right questions to answer, to, to see the stuff that's behind the paywall for free. It's like so good. So he said, Hey, can you just flash your graph showing good ball striking and then lucky and unlucky putting baselines? Yeah, here you go. Sure. Why not? Right. So guys, so you want guys in the upper left-hand quadrant of this guys that are hitting it well, but getting unlucky with the putter Hovland, Eric Cole, Brandon Matthews, Dylan. And this is relative to them, right? So like Brandon Matthews, like unlucky putting might still be him just losing like a stroke per round, right? Instead of losing two. So Nick Hardy's up here, Alex Smalley. The Alex Smalley stuff's really growing on me as the week goes on, you know? That was a really good stat profile. He's in the upper left-hand quadrant. Look where Garrick Hay goes at, right? He's not in the perfect quadrant, but he is getting there, right? And it's a pretty big outlier in terms of how he's hitting it relative to his own baseline. So yeah, these are the guys that I think have some pop ability relative to themselves. You know, Eric Cole's not going to win this golf tournament, but if Eric Cole finished T19, that would be a pop relative to himself. So that's, that's how you read that. Very good question. All good. Uh, I forgot to save it earlier, John. John says you can sit. You save the model before you run it, can't you look it up? Yeah, I didn't save my I didn't save my model from Monday. I forgot in the moment. Uh, when you use the model as much as I do, I, I'm just like constantly on it, so I don't necessarily have to save it too much. What's for lunch today? I don't know, but I'm starving. Uh, ooh, this is really deep down the board. Sixty four hundred or below dart throws. Okay. My gut, oh, there was somebody like 6,100 that I was like, he's not that bad. Who was it? Uh, Was it Wesley? No. Who was down here that I was like, oh, he's not, oh, uh, 6,300 Scott Brown was the one that I was thinking of. He made the cut last week. It wasn't pretty. He made the cut last week. He withdrew after making the cut at this corn fairy event so that he could play the farmers, right? So that was, they were running Sunday to Wednesday. Farmers was running Wednesday to Saturday. So he makes the cut. He realizes he's in the field for the farmers. He withdraws. So he's actually playing better than this indicates. He had gained two and a half strokes to the field. Then he makes the cut to farmers. It wasn't pretty on the weekend, but makes the cut. So I would actually say he's made like four out of his last five cuts. And I do think there's a little bit of like savvy vet experience that when you play an event like pebble beach, where it's going to be slow and there's going to be a three quarter rotation that it comes in handy. And I'm not saying like, he has a lot of great experience around here. I think he's got a couple of top thirties, but I think there's like a savvy vet side of these events that he could be value valuable in. Can we play EVR to be early? That's interesting. Uh, let's look at the numbers because I know we had a good a good start at the uh, at the Amex. It's pretty good. I mean, he gained more um, in the short game that he did in the ball striking, which is a little a little bit worrisome. But I agree that he is getting better. So yes, you'd be early. I think that if he finished T nineteen, you'd be very very happy a little bit reliant on on the short game for my taste, but it's getting better. 4.7 in the ball striking categories. At the American Express is great. No problem there. Did you study stats as you grew up? No, I'm actually, uh, I went to school for business and marketing. I just like numbers and magic too. A lot of people don't know that about me. I like magic. I like magic tricks, card tricks. Uh, all right. That's all. Let's see what else we got here. Um, yeah. So Riku says, uh, Hey Rick, your, your Ben Griffin projected ownership is off. Every other sites have him at, at double. Let me. So I don't do these anymore. Uh, this year, I guess in the fall, let me just make sure I've got it. I've got it right. Yeah. So Mike Cavalunas does these and they are they're pretty accurate. They're pretty good. I trust him. Right. I mean, they are much better than mine ever were. We keep our, we keep our internal, um, you know, we keep our internal R squared and stuff like that. And, and he's, he's very good at it. So I, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I I don't know what other sites are are saying about it. I, I guess we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I trust him. Do you own a video game console? I do. I don't know if you can see. There's an Xbox back there and there's a, uh, I guess it's a PS4. And yes, I I used to play the Golf Club 2019 a lot. And then when it switched to the PGA 2K21, I haven't played it as much. I saw the new EA games coming out. It looks sick. I do want to get involved. I just don't, I got to get it set up. You know, I got to get more time. I got to get more time on the sticks. I got to do a better job. In season long, is there a threshold of who you would keep versus dropping? Yeah. Okay. So this has come up a lot this week like hey should i keep my guys and only start four i my personal opinion and i could be wrong on this my personal opinion on is if you are if you are not starting six every single possibility that you have you're doing it wrong like saving so and so for whatever event feels wrong the churn, there's going to be so much churn. Those guys are going to be available to you. I dropped Adam Svensson this week. Adam Svensson won the RSM classic. I dropped Adam Svensson because Adam Svensson or a guy like Adam Svensson is available every single week of the year, every single week of the year. Right? So I cannot, in good faith run out four guys. Um, when my opponent has six, you're just, you're just giving up a, a you're just, you're just taking an L. Let's look at my let's look at my lineup for this week. <clears throat> so this isn't the big one. This is the one we did the draft for. I'm playing uh, Steve Hennessy again. Two matchups in the first four weeks of the year. So I have Damon Dietry, S. H. Kim, Taylor Pendras, Sheamus Power, Nick Taylor. He has Ben Griffin, Matt Kucher, David Lipsky, Maddie Schmidt, Justin Suh, Kevin Yu. Am I a dog in this? I mean, I've got the top end guy. I've got Sheamus. I got the top end guy, but he's got like Griffin Kucher, Lipsky, but I have Dietrich and Damon who, you know, Damon was great, but then he had the baby, uh, Pendrith. I were like, I'm pl- I'm obviously playing Pendrith cause he's, it's season long, but I, I don't, I don't love it. Um, I worry about that. Am I a dog in this matchup or am I a favorite in this matchup? I don't know, but yeah, I, I'd be playing six. I like Norman more than I like Below Norman can freaking stripe the ball. Question about bads. Aaron Baddeley? Uh, we talked about him a lot. It said I haven't heard much talking about, maybe not this week, but uh, he's playing better. I don't remember what he did in his most recent start. Oh, he missed the cut. He missed the cut, but he gained a half a stroke to the field. That's an unlucky missed cut in a course rotation. So yeah, yeah, go right back to him. He's, he's been playing a lot better. A couple of top tens this season. Um, one one ugly, one miscut that shouldn't have been and one that he missed on the number. That's fine. Damn, we got to see a magic trick, boss. All right. Uh, I need a real sneaky pick for one and done. How about uh, Lonto? All right. I think I answered the rest of these. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. What else we need to do here? Um, we did. We did one and done. I've re- revealed my bets. Um, talked about ownership. The jock market power hour is tonight. Jock market's adding a lot new, th- a lot of new things to their game, like pick And they already have stock market DFS and they're like doing a crazy good job. Go to the link in the description. Use the code Rick and sign up. Join us for that tonight. That'll be cool. I'm trying to think what else there might be. I don't know. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. It's really crazy. I'm excited to get out to Phoenix and do a lot of stuff with CBS. We're gonna have a stage set up. It's gonna be Phoenix is gonna be unbelievable at the Super Bowl. I cannot wait for that. Then I'll be at Riviera. So stoked to see you guys out there. Ran into some peeps for farmers, which is always fun. Um good seeing you out there, but yeah, I guess that's it. I'm going to go eat lunch now. I appreciate everybody. And I'll talk to you guys soon.